Hello, I'm AT. Welcome to the Bulldog Gear podcast, where we aim to open up conversations and create discussions around the practical habits, ethos, and philosophies of the most successful people in our industry. Here, we will endeavor to identify, unpack, and discuss the actions and habits of fiercely successful individuals in and around the fitness space in an attempt to create clear, actionable philosophies for you guys to experiment with and implement on your own journey of self-improvement. Hello guys, AT here. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, Something a little bit different this week. I was having a conversation uh, over Instagram with a listener and this is something that comes up quite often. They'd listened to a particular episode of the podcast where we'd got quite into the weeds of nutrition and uh, something I think I'm definitely guilty of and I know a few people, you know, a few of my peers can be guilty of is occasionally... uh, forgetting to explain ourselves uh, when we delve into certain concepts and um, I do sometimes feel like a little bit of a cheat when we have these amazing conversations and we perhaps haven't prefaced it or laid out enough information to make these conversations accessible for people who are perhaps not as lucky as ourselves to have education or a background in nutrition uh, that kind of thing obviously I don't mean that to to patronize anybody at all um but I completely understand when people DM me and they're kind of like, this sounded great, but I really didn't understand uh, certain terminology you're using or have the have the kind of background knowledge to fully understand what you're saying and properly utilize the information that you're discussing and giving away, which, you know, I get it. I get it myself um, when I'm listening to other podcasts on other topics and I, I'm completely lost and I'm like, oh, this sounds great, but I'm not really sure how to put it into practice because I'm missing a few steps. So what I thought I would do is kind of do a, a crash course uh, in nutrition and, and almost a glossary on some of these terms that we might go over uh, as kind of a resource so that in the future, We've got some really great plans for some incredible guests in the field of nutrition because it is so important. And uh, I think this would be a great reference to go back to. And if you're listening to this in the future and uh, you've been referred here, then hello. And I, I hope this can answer some more of your questions and hopefully give you a bit of a, a leg up when you're reading or you're speaking to people about nutrition and give you a little bit more background uh, information and, and fill in some blanks It is my hope. Uh, so that's the, that's the main reason I want to kind of have this chat today. And I really think we literally just start at the top. I'll keep each bit brief. So if you do have, um, you know, some knowledge in this field, I'll try not to bore you too much, but hopefully there'll be something for everyone as we go through. So straight off the bat, I guess the first thing to think about Uh, First thing to discuss in nutrition, particularly in this day and age, is is what is a calorie? It's kind of um, terminology that wasn't used massively outside of, you know, nutrition labeling and professional dietitians up until a few years ago, where the idea of actually paying attention to what a calorie is became very prevalent, very mainstream. And... uh, that's great. That really is great. I saw that as a as a big nutritional pendulum swing. I can remember um, back in the day when I was sort of 17, 18. So we're going back many years now, having a spreadsheet where I would that I would use to kind of cal- calculate my um, my clients' macros. And it's great 
that these concepts are becoming more mainstream and more accessible and you you know you don't even need a trainer to figure these things out now and hopefully by the end of this conversation you'll be able to to have a good grasp on a lot of these concepts yourself without having to go to someone who spent thousands of pounds on their education so a calorie is a unit of measurement um when we say calorie we're generally referring to a kilocalorie that's probably why on package you you've seen kcal but we just shorten it to to calorie so a thousand actual calories is what we generally refer to as a calorie calories are pretty arbitrary measurement it's basically the amount of energy necessary to raise the temperature of a certain amount of water so everything we eat contains calories and when when these food types are burnt in a lab, the energy that's released from burning those food heats water. And uh, we kind of look at how much of that food is necessary to raise the temperature of this water by a certain amount. And that's how we figure out the calorific content, which seems so abstract and kind of like, how does that apply to your human body? But it does. It's, it's an arbitrary way of measuring how much energy is contained um, within food and that energy is what powers you not just gives you energy but literally repairs your cells repairs your body it is your uh, life force your life or the source of your life force as such so pretty important and so in modern times when we're talking about calorie restriction needs to be in a calorie deficit something we do always need to remember like right up the top is that calories are absolutely vital to your survival you cannot survive without calories and being in a, a negative energy balance meaning that you're not getting enough calories to survive for too long will naturally have deleterious you know bad effects bad things will happen calories are important calories are good they are most definitely not uh, the enemy as they're kind of <sighs> In a day and age where everything is hyper simplified to fit on a um, you know a 1080 by 1080 pixel Instagram square, it's very easy to get the impression that we should be making sure we're eating as few calories as possible. And this absolutely is not the truth. And we're going to get into more of that now. Uh, the next kind of word in the glossary that you probably heard is a macro macro or a macronutrient is what calories break down into there's three main ones that we talk about predominantly they are proteins carbohydrates and fats protein is made up of amino acids and these acids literally are the building blocks of your body which is why people tend to say macronutrients in that order of protein carbs fats because protein predominantly is the most important uh you know there, there's some necessity for all of the macronutrients but the the biggest one the one that we you know cannot live without is is protein uh, obviously found in uh, animal products but it can be found in other places the actual amino acids that make up protein can be slightly different depending on the source they come from. Animal products, by and large, tend to have fairly complete chains of um, of protein, of amino acids making up that protein, whereas vegetable sources 
don't necessarily have the same ratio of amino acids, which is why it's very important that if you are getting all of your protein from vegetable sources, that you have a wide variety of sources to kind of fill in those fill in those chains. So if you if you think about it like a jigsaw puzzle, the more pieces you've got from different sources of food, the better a chance you've got of filling up those chains. That was a really bad analogy. That didn't come off, did it? So yeah, protein super important. Next up, we've got carbohydrates. Carbohydrates are the macronutrient that people most oftenly associate with energy. The reason for that being glucose is your body's preferred energy source. Any food that you put into your body is broken down eventually into glucose to be used for fuel. Glucose is a carbohydrate. Therefore, there's kind of less of a process for your body to convert carbohydrates to glucose, especially if you're just taking in straight glucose in order for it to be used for energy. That's why we kind of think of carbohydrates as a, as food that gives us energy. But eventually, through other processes, your body can turn other macronutrients uh, into, into glucose, but carbohydrates are the most readily available. And it kind of does just make sense then to eat carbohydrates for fuel it's not to say that's the best way it's not to say that's the only way and there are plenty of arguments for um, eating fat for fuel which we'll probably get into later but yeah carbohydrates are the what most people would see as the kind of the fuel macronutrient the third macronutrient is obviously uh, fats fats tend to get or have historically got a really bad rap and i literally think it's just a case of linguistics um you know, we have body fat, we talk about the dangers of high body fat, and, um, you know, the, there's the social stigma and connotations around that, wrongly so. People kind of lump fat in with that. You kind of can't get away from the idea, because they've got the same name, that fats equal fat. What's really interesting is we, we touched on there that carbohydrates are known as the energy molecule, Carbohydrates contain four calories per every gram. Protein also contains four calories per every gram. Fats contain nine calories per every gram. This is why, by and large, in your diet, you try and at least reduce the amount of fats you take in because they have over double the amount of calories. So it is very easy, obviously depending on what your goals are, but just, just generally speaking, as I said earlier, calories are not bad by any sense, but it is much easier to overeat fatty food simply because they are twice as kind of energy dense, but they are vital for, for hormone production and they're, they're vital for healthy living in general. There's not one of these macronutrients that either biologically or socially or culturally isn't important. All of these macronutrients are important and how important each one is to you is going to vary depending on your goals, depending on your personal preferences, and mostly, and this is a part people tend to forget, mostly depending on your upbringing. What foods were you raised around? What foods are culturally and socially important to you? When we're considering our, our calorie intake, the amount of calories we want to take in, and I'm using the word considering here, I'm not going to use the word calculating or, or tracking, because those are methods, and we don't, you know, we're not necessarily discussing how we're going to do those things at the moment, but the amount of calories our body needs 
um, the way to kind of calculate that is really, I mean, the easiest way for you to calculate that right now would just be go on Google and type in calorie calculator and you'll, you'll find something almost instantly. But the way these calculators tend to work is we start with something called your basal metabolic rate or your BMR. You've probably seen that written. That's the amount of calories your body burns in a day simply being alive. The amount of calories your body consumes just to uh, you know go about its autonomous processes. That's the amount of calories it takes to fuel you just living. The next uh, term you may have seen is TDEE. That's your total daily energy expenditure. And we get that by taking your BMR taking your, your base level of calories you require and adding on all the extra activities you do throughout the day. And that gives us your total energy expenditure. So from, uh, you know, from midnight to midnight, how many calories do you burn throughout the day, staying alive and going about your business and doing everything you do? Here's where calorie calculating actually gets a little bit tricky in that that's really not a fixed number. It doesn't take much critical thinking to realize that your total daily energy expenditure is going to vary from day to day and it's going to vary massively from person to person. And this is why for me, uh, being overly neurotic with, with tracking calories that you're putting into your body in some ways is a little bit um, I don't want to kind of degrade the way anyone goes about their, their dietary, uh, you know, their their diets and personal philosophies on that here. But you are essentially monitoring your input super closely when your output can be wildly kind of fluctuating. So then when we look for the balance, the balance between the input and the output, no matter how well you control that input, your output is liable to change from day to day, which means that whether you're looking to you know, create a negative balance or a positive balance, that can change day to day. And tracking that energy expenditure is incredibly difficult to the point where it's almost not worth it for the average person, which is why, for me, very, very accurate um, calorie counting is kind of you know the juice isn't worth a squeeze for me if you're counting calories with the intent to lose body fat what's probably much more important and we will cover this as we go is constant experimentation constantly you know moving those calories up and down to see what works best for you rather than looking at a number on a screen that you know a might not be massively accurate due to a lot of processes that go on in your body and b definitely isn't accurate due to you know changes in lifestyle for you from day to day uh, you know are you at work today were you more active at work today were you doing a lot of rushing around all of these things ex affect your energy expenditure massively and you can try and compensate for them uh, with your diet but by and large for me it's about finding some type of average some type of mean and then recognizing that week on week that daily energy expenditure can change and rejigging your diet to that that is if your your goals are fat loss but even if your goals are performance or weight gain you need to recognize when you're in times of your life where your energy expenditure is much higher for you know whatever lifestyle reason it is and up the calories 
to meet that or you know conversely when your energy expenditure is much lower if your concern is making sure you're fueled but not gaining um you know not storing excess calories as body fat bringing those calories back down so it it really is quite a fluctuating process and more about self-experimentation for me than it is about finding a perfect number and endeavoring to hit that number uh you know we hear stories about people counting their calories and they're weighing you know they're weighing their rice down to the individual grain i'm not here to say whether or not that's right or wrong or whether or not that affects that person's mental health i think that's a much deeper conversation to have and there's some people for whom that really doesn't you know have any any sort of deleterious effect on and there's some people uh, for certain for whom it is not the best method at all but counting our rice down to a grain kind of powers into insignificance when we realize that some days you might literally walk two or three extra miles without realizing it it kind of makes a mockery of the idea of counting your food right down to the individual gram when we're looking to count calories for weight loss uh, the, the kind of most general advice that we give out is you take your total daily energy expenditure and you remove 20% of the calories from that number. Um, some people will say 300 or 500 calories and kind of arbitrary numbers like that. But if you're a much smaller or much larger person, 500 calories is going to represent a very different amount of that total daily energy expenditure for you. For instance, if you are you know, a much smaller person, you're expending less energy throughout the day just because you're, you're, you know, you're a smaller unit to fuel. Taking 500 calories off of that may be, you know, well over a quarter of what you're eating in a day, which might be too much. Conversely, it might be absolutely nothing, uh, you know, if you are, if you are a lot, um, a lot bigger and you're using a lot more fuel. So 20%, I think, is a much better way to to figure things out with because it gives you a balanced number that is more reflective of your actual weight Uh, the other thing to consider is if you do have a lot of weight to lose or you you know you want to lose a lot of weight the number that you get back for your tdee is liable to be pretty big pretty big simply because if you're if you're carrying a lot of weight the, the way you know the calculations work off of your body weight that's going to give you a huge number back that might actually be too many calories so um this is very I'm, what i'm going to say and this is kind of a catch-all for the rest of this conversation is that this is very generalized advice and you should always seek an individual approach but for someone who has a lot of weight to lose let's say um you know they want to lose kind of almost 20% of their body weight. I personally would advise this person to calculate their TDEE, not from their current body weight, but from their goal body weight. So kind of take off the amount of weight they wanna lose already and you lose use that to calculate their TDEE, which will give you a much smaller number, which is probably more reflective of the, the true amount of energy you're, you're burning throughout the day. Again, though, you know, do we need to be super accurate with these numbers? The truth is no, because what you might find is you find yourself a, you know, a good online calculator. You put the numbers in, they give you a number back and you eat this exact amount of calories per day. Let, you know, let's say you're a real type A personality, you have no problem following this advice. You eat this exact amount of calories per day 
and you're not losing weight. Well, it could just be that the calculation was incorrect for you as an individual. You may have put all the numbers in correctly, but there's a no number of factors that can influence how your body processes calories and, and vice versa. You may be losing weight far too fast, in which case, you know, we're going to want to bring those calories back up. So it really does require... Uh, you know, a real sort of suck it and see approach because the last thing you want is to be losing weight too quickly because chances are it means you're underfueled and that can have, you know, not just a number of ill effects on your health, but also the likelihood of you sticking to that diet is uh, is drastically um, kind of lowered if you're eating not enough calories. So really, we need to settle through experimentation on a point where we're losing a nice steady amount of weight um, each week and this varies from person to person if you've got a lot of weight that you want to lose you may find that these these drops in weight come thick and fast and you're comfortable with losing uh, more weight every week whereas the closer you get to your target weight or the the closer you or particularly the lower your body fat percentage is the smaller we want these these losses in weight to be to ensure that they are actually body fat for myself the quickest way you know we when we talk about the fact that these calculators are great but each individual is different so the the number's not necessarily going to be 100% correct for you i then look at it and say do we need to do these numbers is there any way that we can just simplify the process so for me a really simple rule of thumb i use is to take body weight in pounds and for somebody looking to lose body fat times that number by by about 13 Again, depending on how much weight they're carrying, this number is going to be different for someone who is is um, you know has more weight to lose. But for for a kind of mean selection of the population, body weight in pounds times by thirteen will give you a, a decent calorie ceiling. So if you're eating that many calories per day, you're probably somewhere around uh, you know a twenty percent caloric deficit as long as you were kind of honest about your weight. I would then experiment, and this is such a super easy way to do it, experiment with that amount of calories per day. If you're losing weight at a sustainable pace, one you're happy with, you feel happy and fueled, you're eating the foods you like, but you know, capping out at that calorie ceiling and you're losing weight, stick with that. If you're not losing weight, maybe bump those calories down a little bit, but body weight in pounds times 13 is a great place to start that experimentation i think and it it kind of mitigates any not for everybody but for a lot of people it mitigates any neurosis about really worrying about hitting that exact number it's very arbitrary it's not arbitrary you figured it out from your own body weight but you know that it's a starting point that you're going to move up and down from up and down from so that's a really simplified version of it for me how does that calorie target, you know, we talk about calories being the, the primary governor of weight loss. So really and truly, all other things being even, if you are eating in a caloric deficit of 20% or 300, 500 calories, however you figured it out, and you are losing weight, it's because you're in a negative energy balance. Your body has been forced to go into those fat reserves to get the energy it needs to fuel you throughout the day. How do we then break that down with those macronutrients? The most important one here, specifically when we are in a negative energy balance, um, it kind of becomes less important when we're in a positive energy balance, 
is your protein. That's the one, as I said earlier, it's the most important. And in the hierarchy of things we're going to think about uh, when we're looking to lose body fat, calories first, protein second. A good rule of thumb, although a lot of studies put this number at a lot lower, and this is probably considered maybe even bro science, but it is a number most people use and it tends to work very well. And I'll go into why in a minute is to take your body weight in pounds again and eat that there amount, you know, that many grams of protein. So for a 180 pound uh, guy or girl, you're aiming for around 180 grams of protein, but I would say 160 to 100 gra- 180 grams of protein. A couple of reasons why protein is most important here. A, because as I said earlier, amino acids literally make up your body. So you want to make sure that you're getting those in. B, having high protein content will kind of in some ways mitigate any muscle loss you're going to incur when you're eating in that energy deficit. What we want to make sure we're doing, unless your goal is literally to lose muscle mass, we want to ensure we're keeping our protein nice and high to preserve our muscle mass. Uh, Three is that protein is very satiating. Protein is a food that helps you feel fuller. This isn't necessarily true, like every, literally like everything we're discussing in this, in this chat. This isn't necessarily true for anybody, but by and large, protein is a very satiating macronutrient. What that means is you eat it, you feel fuller than if you eat um, other macronutrients, particularly carbohydrates. And the, the one really easy way to think about this is it's very difficult to overeat chicken breast. It's very difficult to overeat eggs. Um, although we're saying aim for 160 to 180 grams of protein for that 180 pound man, really, if it goes over to, to a limit, you know, to a limit, it's not the biggest deal. It, it's quite energy inefficient for your body to break uh to both break protein down for fuel and to store it as fat so although there are four calories per gram of protein as we said earlier a lot of those calories actually get used by the process of actually converting protein to to other things so protein is the most important simply because it's the one macronutrient you're least likely to overeat we talk about cause and correlation and how you know, just because something correlates with a result doesn't mean it caused it. One of the biggest correlating factor with successful fat loss is high protein. Therefore, it kind of stands to reason that if you were to only make one change to your diet, increasing your protein would be it. In fact, just increasing your protein for a lot of people will will result. And I'm not guaranteeing this. We still have to kind of abide by all the rules we've laid out with calories. But increasing your protein more often than not, does result in fat loss simply because you're fuller for longer. It stops you overeating on other foods. And, you know, it kind of, it's the first stage in being a little bit more mindful with what you're eating. When you start with your protein source, when you're concentrating on your protein source as the the primary kind of driver or inspiration behind your meal, that does tend to lead to a lot of better food choices. So that's just something to consider. So the first macronutrient, when we're kind of working out these calories, the first one we want to think about is protein. Easy rule of thumb, take your body weight in pounds and aim for that amount of protein. Um, If you come in under that, 
by you know 10 20 percent not a huge deal if you go over it by 10 20 percent not a huge deal at all now we've fit our protein into that calorie allowance we've figured out the carbs and the fats there are a lot of arguments over how we should spread these out there's tons and depending on your goal the ratio is going to differ and depending on your philosophy and kind of what ideas you subscribe to that ratio is going to differ for most of us for the majority of us if we're not high level athletes um, you know if we don't suffer from any illnesses that mean we have to look at the proportion of these macronutrients in our diets or the specific foods we're eating in our diets if we're just you know average guy or girl then split those carbs and fats to taste that's the best advice i can give to most people you've got your protein that number's kind of set in stone you know what to aim for there but with your carbohydrates and fats look if the foods you enjoy tend to be more carbohydrate heavy then make the you know the remaining calories you've got left after that protein make the majority of them carbohydrates and the minority of them fats if you enjoy a healthy balance of both like myself i like to um you know low fat foods i don't particularly enjoy but i do enjoy carbohydrates so i like to get a healthy mix of both so i will arrange my my calories and my my macronutrients within those calories around getting a healthy mixture of carbohydrates and fats if you don't particularly enjoy carbohydrates and this is kind of this is an idea that i think in recent times people struggle to get on board with uh, i think in the past carbohydrates have been demonized so much um, you know almost more in recent times than fats that everybody seems to have developed a personality around carbohydrates and that's great because i think it shows that we're getting away from a time where we're demonized in any particular of these macronutrients because none of them are inherently bad right the poisons in the dose but there are people that just enjoy fats more than carbohydrates. There are people that enjoy certain other health benefits of eating more fats and limiting their carbohydrates. And that's absolutely fine. And that's for you to decide. You know, that's your prerogative. If that's the case, then kind of structure your carbohydrates and fats to be more fat heavy. But the thing to remember is that fat is more energy dense. So when we're figuring out these numbers, it's not just a case of, one carb, one fat, there are four calories per every gram of carbohydrate, four calories per every gram, uh, nine calories per every gram of fat. So when we're figuring out our ratios, we need to kind of look at that. This is all kind of dependent on whether or not you want to actively track your calories. This is something that's become very popular over the last few years and with good reason it is a very almost foolproof way to ensure that you're putting yourself in the state you need to be in to lose body fat or gain body fat or even just be a little bit more mindful about what you're eating tracking food and now we're at the point where you know you can pick up your phone with an app you can point it in the barcode and it's easier than ever to see the the calorie content of these food and log it throughout the day however that is still just a method the principle is is your energy balance 
tracking those calories is still just a method like any other method like intermittent fasting like going on a you know a ketogenic diet they're all just methods and tracking calories in that fashion isn't really that enjoyable for some people and for some people it can be very off-putting um you know it can seem like very hard work and i know there are people that can say you know it's not hard work at all you do things that are much harder but if it's not for you, it's not for you. In that case, uh, another really super simple method and one that's probably more tried and tested throughout history, but it doesn't guarantee the same level of accuracy as tracking your calories, is simple portion control, plate control. You know how much protein you need to be getting. You know how much carbohydrate and fat you want to be getting. Do your meals represent that ratio? If your meals represent that ratio, then you're probably on the right track. If once you've structured all those meals around getting that ratio of, of protein, carbohydrates and fats according to your own tastes, you'll find that you're not losing weight, you're not gaining weight, whatever your target is, then you can look at reducing certain parts of those. You can look at lowering your carbohydrate or fat portion. Again, just with tracking your calories you know, doing it via MyFitnessPal or something like that. It is about experimentation. It is about having a bit of patience, tracking the trends uh, in your fat loss, be that by the scale. Some people don't like the scale. Be that visually. Some people um, don't like to do it that way. Be that by just your feelings, your energy. Like you, if you are aiming to gain weight or you're just trying to eat to ensure that you have enough energy to feel good throughout the day, do you feel good? Do you feel energized or do you feel tired and lethargic and underfed a lot of the time? In that case, maybe let's look at upping those carbohydrate or fat portions. Really, experimentation is the key here. Um, I'm old enough to remember going to a nutrition seminar where uh, it was a very well-known kind of international bodybuilding coach at the time. You paid money to get into this thing and um, spoke about all sorts of various bodybuilding training techniques and, and dieting techniques that were not at all applicable to a 16-year-old AT, 17-year-old AT, at the end of which you could pay extra for this you know super special diet plan and i'm about to show tell you just how old i am here it was photocopied now knowing what i know now about nutrition it's hilarious that a diet was photocopied and handed out to probably 60 70 people at this seminar of wildly varying body shapes and kind of touted as this is the one this is the one because the same diet that is going to result in a body fat loss for the guy who I was with then, who was, you know, the, the guy I'd gone to the seminar with, who probably had about four stone in weight on me, the diet that's going to result in fat loss for him may actually result in, in weight gain for me. You know, just as a as a matter of as of principles. So this really is so this really does necessitate an individual approach and one that needs to be monitored and adjusted according to the results you're getting. 
if you do go online and you do get a, a you know a mega accurate right down to a decimal point of a gram calorie calculator and you somehow by some miracle manage to eat every single day for two weeks exactly according to those numbers and you're still not losing weight then you need to begin experimenting and adjusting on what you're putting in into your body um, even though you know you have this accurate figure and it's all great there are so many variables that we cannot account for when we're calculating how many calories we're taking in how many calories we're putting out, how many calories we need to be taking in, that it also almost becomes, as I said before, a little bit folly to be, you know, to really sweat the minor details. You're much better off taking a broader approach to it and then experimenting up and down until you find the uh, the approach or the quantities that work best for you whilst eating the foods that enable you to sustain you know a healthy relationship with food where you're not overthinking it where you're not deliberately picking different foods to kind of fudge the numbers and make sure you're getting as few calories as possible and where you're also feeling energized and your training feels good because if, if we're eating for weight loss at the end of the day we are in a negative energy balance that's you know that is the the governing principle which means we're literally not eating enough calories to fuel our body. You know, we're relying on that principle to tap into that stored body fat. And that can become problematic, especially when you're training. You're asking your body to kind of do high intensity exercise, presumably, whilst you're also underfueling it. So the types of food are incredibly important, the types of food you eat. You need to ensure that you're eating foods that do fuel you through those training sessions. They do fuel you uh, on a kind of on a psychological, on a social level to make sure you're you're feeling fulfilled by your diet. You're not feeling as though as you're depriving yourself of foods that you know make you feel good. And I mean that both in terms of your energy levels throughout the day, and I mean that in terms of kind of to use a bit of an esoteric term, spiritually. Are these foods kind of enriching you? Are they making you feel happy? Are they making you feel content? Because these factors really do dictate how easy it is for you to maintain this particular diet. As soon as you get into that negative energy balance, your body is going to be trying to get out of that. It wants you to eat more food to sustain, to sustain your body weight. It wants you to fuel it. When we can give your your body food that makes it feel full, makes it feel nourished and makes you feel content as a human being, then you're much less likely to kind of encounter those those feelings of restriction. And that's what we've got to avoid at all costs. I know in the past people would talk about how hardcore their diets are and you know if you you know if you're not going to bed hungry, you're not doing it right and all kinds of shit like that. And really and truly a lot of people parroting stuff like that are people that just perhaps don't enjoy their foods as much as you and I. They're perhaps people that they don't have a favorite meal or they don't have kind of childhood memories of great foods that they want to eat regularly and they just don't get the same level of fulfillment from food as other people. That can make it very, very easy and kind of mitigate a lot of the suffering from being in a, in a calorie-restricted state. You know, I, I don't drink so for me, not having a drink is a non-factor because I'm a non-drinker. But if you take someone who 
who does really enjoy a glass of wine with dinner every single night and tell them to stop drinking, they're going to feel a lot more restricted than I do. So it's a very individual, personal kind of approach that's necessary. And really and truly, it's finding the balance between getting enough of what you need to to feel good and the foods you enjoy and the foods that fill you with contentment and also getting the foods that energize your body they take care of those bodily processes. They fuel you in a manner that sustains you throughout the day and doesn't leave you with big energy slumps. And what these foods are, are going to vary from person to person. So a lot of times when you see people arguing online about these things that make the 1% different, this food's more satiating, this food's more energizing, this food's better for X, this food's better for Y. It really is you know, a case of it's impossible to know that because an individual's response will vary. So the most important thing is finding an enjoyable, sustainable approach that enables you to, you know, I'm talking about the goal of of weight loss here for a second, enables you to stay at or below that calorie window without really feeling restricted. That's kind of the, the sweet spot is where you are getting enough of what you need, enough of what your body needs, and you're still kind of losing that body fat at at a rate that's completely sustainable and it's not affecting the rest of your life. That's the sweet spot we need to find and that's going to be different for every single person and the only way you're going to discover that is through experimentation. Guys, I hope that was useful and it wasn't too much waffle and that you can take some of that away and that it will empower you to kind of experiment and find your own approach uh, towards whatever your nutritional goals are without having to overly rely on the various methods that are out there. Now, hopefully you've got the hang of, uh, you know, what a calorie is, what these macronutrients are, how do I figure out how much of what I need throughout the day and how do I spread out those different foods? And you know, how do I know which ones to eat? I hope you now feel empowered to start experimenting with that yourself, whatever your goals are, and hopefully you reach them with as little friction as possible. Guys, I hope this was helpful. If it was, please drop a comment on social media. And if you've got any more questions, please drop those there. And if you'd be interested in any more solo episodes kind of covering a little bit of subject matter, please let me know. Uh, comment on the last post on Bulldog Gear or on one of our podcast posts. And um, yeah, we'll get that on the schedule. Cheers, guys. And there we have it. Thank you for listening in. Guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, it would be greatly appreciated if you could drop us a review on your podcast app of choice. Any feedback you've got, please send it over via social media and don't hesitate to tell us what you would like to hear more of. I'm AT, this has been the Bulldog Gear podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys.